0: Hello and welcome to a Milwaukee Admirals podcast with Charlie Larson. I'm Aaron Sims. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Charlie is celebrating August 23rd, yep. 20 years, 20 years since he walked in uh, looking probably exactly like he does now. A little less get a hair. With the Milwaukee Admirals.
1: Yeah, a little less hair and uh, probably the same do, honestly. Things don't change much. Uh, very, still had very thick glasses and I was, uh, uh, considerably. Nope. On that day, I was not considerably heavier, but, uh, four months after I started, I'd gained 40 pounds. That's not easy to gain 10 pounds a month for four straight months. Yeah. I don't know about that, but yeah, it, it it was a challenge for me, but thanks to uh, living uh, as a bachelor and, uh, eating out every single meal, pretty much, except when I would eat at home and I would have uh, Gino's pizza rolls, a <laughs> uh, entire case of those, or maybe the, you know remember those TGI Friday's Tato skins? You could get those. Oh yeah. Uh, I brought those a lot. And every time I thought to myself, these are going to be great. And every time I ate them, I was like, these don't taste great, but I kept buying them like, yeah. like some idiot.
0: Someday you might get them. You told me once you gained probably all that weight because you would go get the lemonade or something in the oh yeah out of, I, the, out of the machine at the Bradley well,
1: Center. I mean, that's probably not taking into account the beer that I uh, that <laughs> I was drinking <laughs> at a lot the Bradley of Bradley Center during the work. that oh, that's true. I I've forgotten about that. That they had the soda machine on in the Bradley Center media room, and I was like, this is this is phenomenal. I bet I would drink you know, I'd take a water bottle, I'd go in there and probably fill it up six times, seven times a day of the pink lemonade, which was delicious. Um, but probably not so nutritious and, uh, and combine a that with
0: calories of pop. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 300 it, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's a 16 ounce bottle. Yeah. Uh, but it was, uh, that was, uh, it was interesting when I, uh, started back then we had Jane Pettit was still alive and, uh, you know, the admirals were still in the IHL. I walked in my first day and uh, a guy named Dick Langley, who used to be team services uh, type of guy. And he helped out with stats with the radio. Um, and he was, he had just gotten his first draft of the IHL schedule for that year on August 23rd. So we hear a lot of complaints about, uh, boy, why don't the schedule get out earlier? And it does get out earlier now, but even back then, uh, it took the schedule forever to get out. And, uh, maybe that's why the IHL went under one of the reasons. Who knows? Well,
0: back then too, I'm trying to think how many, we, we always talked about, you'd have to wait for NBA buildings. And as time wore on, Charlotte moved out of an NBA building and Milwaukee moved out of an NBA building. Uh, the, the last year, this last season, I think it was just San Antonio and Cleveland that were playing in and both, NBA buildings. And both of those were owned by the NBA by the team. team. So they knew sure. what was, they knew what was up. Yeah. So the, the 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 conflicts that would arise from many many years in different ownership groups those those did not exist over the last season and and probably the last couple three since Milwaukee and Charlotte moved out of their respective buildings.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Back in in the two thousand two thousand one season, which was the last year of the IHL, uh, we played in an NBA building. Um, Detroit played in, the Vipers played in an NBA yeah, building. Yeah. Uh, the Wolves did not, uh, there was the Kansas city Blades. They did not, uh, Utah Grizzlies did not No, Orlando Orlando. I don't know if Orlando did or not. Uh, I, I'm not sure where they played, uh, in to, to be honest, um, Grant, but then there was still Grand Rapids and, uh, Houston Arrows. Houston. Yep. The Arrows did. And San Antonio didn't exist. They were a CHL team at the time, the Iguanas. Right, right. it was Salt Lake, yeah. Yep. Uh, and I think that was about uh, – I'm not counting, but that was about it. So there was a few NBA teams certainly in there, and it made it difficult for us because, like, the, the Bucks didn't do us any favors. They weren't – you know, the, the Bradley Center did as much as they could, but, like, the Bucks, they weren't giving up Saturday nights. They needed those Saturday right, nights.
0: Right, right. Uh, do, you get, do you get romantic about the old eye? No, like I I look, I look back at it nostalgically, but but uh, and and when I hear stories about how wonderful it was, but but then I think, well, not everybody traveled. Yeah, it's one thing if you were traveling to Long Beach and Vegas and San Diego and and playing three games in nine days and having six days, literally six days off because the coaches were wise; they didn't make guys, you know, yeah, do two a day practices when they were in.
1: Long Beach San Diego yeah, wherever, yeah that, right? they saved that when they went up north to uh, Salt Lake yeah, City yeah. Uh, no, I don't it was so poorly it was so poorly run and uh, and I was obviously I was only in it for a year, uh, but we went to the IHL all star game, which is in Chicago, so in two in the, in the IHL used to do it where the defending champions played the rest of the all-stars in a game and so it was in chicago because the wolves were the defending champions and uh so we went down and doug moss uh i don't know what doug's doing now he was the president of the phoenix coyotes for a while uh he basically came into the room and said well we got three problems here guys you know we're we're in good shape you look at the ahl whose all-star game was on tv that same time like they're just wasting money with this all-star game but we only have three problems. we got a terrible logo. The Turner cup is, uh, is broken. And one more thing that was like, I don't know, like totally superfluous to anything that else that was going on. And he says, take out your, here's my cell phone number. If any of you guys ever have any questions, here's my cell. I want you to call me. And I wish I would written it down because two months later the IHL would say, well, we're, we're done. We're, we're, we're going under, this is the last season. And, uh, uh, and that was it. And yeah. we lost, we lost to Chicago in that, in that uh, first round, I think three games to one. Uh, and I don't, I don't know if Chicago made it to the finals or not. Uh, but well, when, Orlando won Orlando the last won it. Turner cup. Yeah. Orlando won it, but I'll, I'll say this, that the Turner cup then made its way back through Milwaukee and we had it out on the ice uh with uh a couple of folks paul foley was a guy on the team who'd worked for the organization for 15 or 17 years at the time and he really wanted to hold that on the ice so we went out there and held it up and uh we didn't drop it uh and uh it worked out uh okay
0: i think i may have told you this but last year not this past summer but the summer before of, of 2019 um I went to to near in Rosemont at the convention center. They had the national baseball card show, sports right. collectors show. I don't think it's yep. baseball cards, sports collectors. And uh, I, I may have told, like I said, I may have told you this, but I was walking around and it was getting near the end of my day. I'd had about enough and I'd spent a lot of money and I was getting ready to go. And there was this box of trophies that needed to be put together. the The bolts and the screws and the nuts and the wing nuts and all of this stuff but they were the old uh San Diego Gulls IHL team trophies that they would award to the players on the team so the team MVP won the whatever award and really? the I didn't hear that. most improved player won the whatever award and they were there and I was real interested like that would be really <laughs> really cool to have something like that you know how, how I, mean, much- I don't know how this guy got it and he was He was looking me over like I was just going to tear this thing apart, which, (laughs) come on, first off, it's already torn apart. Second off, I'm just like, where'd you get this? And he's like, oh, I got it through a guy. He was real vague about it, but it was, you know, so. It was real cloak
1: and dagger stuff, huh? Yeah,
0: it was pretty neat. So I wonder, you know, like the San Diego Gulls. How much much was he charging for it? Didn't say. He didn't say. And I never got to to asking. I asked him where it was. And like I said, he was kind of standoffish and real vague about everything. So I just kind of, and he was staring me down like, you're here to sell things, right? Why are you, why would you come here? It'd be like that Louis C.K. bit where he had all the sectional couches in a store, but he didn't want anybody to buy them because he just wanted to show off how many sectional couches he had. It was ridiculous, but that, well, that's kind of how this guy came off. So I'm like, all right, fine. And I was there with the Rockford announcer Joey
1: Zukiewski, and jo- Joey Z and I were like, all right, let's let's just move. Let's on. just get going. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, uh, you know better than I. But when during my baseball card collecting times, the guys selling those things were not the no- most normal people in the world. So I can not understand. Them, uh, no. No. they were they were a little off. Yeah. Uh, not not all of them, but most of them.
0: Yeah. Uh, when you get into that situation and it's like anything right if you have a sample of 10 you're going to find somebody who might not be 100% <laughs> on board with everybody else and then right. uh, if you get 100 well it's it's going to be the same percentage right you're going to have 10 out of 100 yeah. it's going to be whatever right so absolutely it's extrapolated
1: um, out yeah 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 so yeah.
0: so aside from the Calder Cup and we've we've talked about the Calder Cup season in 2004 um Those first few years before Harris bought the team, give give an idea of of what it was like day to day, uh, especially after Mrs. Pettit passed.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, Mrs. Pettit passed, uh, and I tell this anytime I talk to people, I always tell them that Mrs. Pettit passed on September 9th, 2001, uh, two days before the most, maybe the most infamous day in in U.S. history. And I always feel like that was appropriate because she never wanted the limelight and she passed away late on September night, So it wasn't really in the newspaper the next day. Um, and so she, she never really got the, 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 the praise and the adulation and, and she did, but not that she probably deserved because if you look around the city of Milwaukee, the num- the, 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 places that she's touched was just truly remarkable. Yeah. Um, and so she died, and uh, we I, honestly, we spent the, the next four weeks, Woj and I and a guy named Aaron Doberstein and another guy named Dan Schauer, we, we were in charge of delivering invitations to some of the very well-heeled people in uh, uh, Milwaukee for invitations to her wedding. And it was I a oh, funeral. I, for her, not for a wedding, for her funeral, which they had the they had the the public ceremony at the Bradley Center, but they had a private one, and I had to deliver one to Commissioner Seelig up in his offices, and I just so happened, so I delivered to his offices, and and then I go to the elevator and I hop in and guess who's in the elevator with me going down? But Bud Seelig, huh. and uh, I said to him, uh, I can't remember what I said to him, but. Uh, said something about, hey, good job on the. Uh, I, I appreciate what you did with baseball after 9/11, and you know what you're doing now. And he said thank you, and that was the extent of it. Um, but anyways, I, I digress. It was a, uh, it was a challenge. You know, Mrs. Pettit's estate had a fiduciary obligation to not lose money, and the admirals were losing money, and uh, that between people leaving and people and people getting fired. We went from a staff of about 15 people to four full-time people. And I remember, uh, I always called it black Tuesday and, and we'd won that we won the Calder cup and with virtually no money. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, uh, I don't remember it with, oh, with John W. Bitter, we, we, we had no money. We'd spent all our marketing money for the uh, regular season. So we had to come up with some, some way to get the word out. So we took Roscoe, both Roscoe costumes and we put them out on overpasses with like game tonight or, and, and literally caused huge back backups. Bitter got threatened by the police officer. We've got, it was just, people are calling our office complaining like, Hey, I, I support the team, but it shouldn't take me an hour and a half to get to work from the, you know, south side. Uh, and we won the cup and that was awesome. Uh, and then the next year we had a game on a Monday night and I remember we, we actually didn't draw that badly for what we were drawing. And the next day I come in the office and Phil, Phil Whitliff, uh, says to me, uh, I got bad news. We got to fire Fran and Phil or Fran and Paul today because we're, we, the, the, there's just not enough money. And Fran and Paul had probably combined 50 years of service between the uh, the two of them. And it was just, I call it Black Tuesday because it was just an awful, awful day. I've, I've never felt so bad in all the years that I've been doing this. Um, and like all the work still had to get done. So it was like, it was just, so it was myself, Woj, John Bitter, and Phil, the full-time people. And we had some interns and we had some part-timers. But we had to, we had to do everything. We had to figure out how to run a ticketing system. We had to uh, figure out how to pull off some promotions. It was a, it was a terrible challenge. And what was really a pity—it was some of the best hockey ever right. that the Admirals have ever had. I, I, I would probably can I would contend our four hundred five team was better than our three hundred four team because of the NHL lockout. Cause we got back Dan Hamhouse and Jordan Tutu came to play for us that first year. Uh, and we were like, we were really good. Uh, and then like we kept we, three times we had, we had been told, okay, uh, you're, you're, we can't afford your health insurance anymore. It's getting canceled. And three times somehow the health insurance gets, gets brought back up. Uh, and finally, after we have a a number of different suitors come around and the rumors were out there, you know, Craig Leopold's going to buy the team, um, or, you know, whoever else. And, uh, finally, Phil calls us in. Well, that's actually sort of a funny story As Phil calls us in. We had a Monday meeting and Phil says, okay, we got to be on our best behavior this coming weekend because Harris Turer. He's a prospective owner. He's coming to the game with his kids. And Harris is actually – he's been a big fan for a while. And uh, we'll have him on the podcast sometime, and he can tell the story about how he'd come to buy buy the team. So we know he's in the game. And we had this contest. We had this promotion called the uh, – it was – Pepsi was a a promoter of it. And so we had a Pepsi drinking contest. And we bring three kids up there or four kids up there, and we put – pour four two glasses of uh tall glasses of pepsi uh on there for them and i'm the game host because we have no money so we can't have there's no meg mckenzie right uh there's no you know who there's no bill schmidt i'm the game host i just did it because we had to have someone do it and i i said oh ready okay ready said go and it was like for people who've seen the movie *Stand By Me*, this is what <laughs> this is exactly what it was like. Where the kid wants the the, the complete and total barfarama. and <laughs> that's exactly what it's like. I could see this kid; he pounds the first glass of it. He's no problem, and then the second one, like it's oh, it's happening in slow motion for me. Like he's lifting the cup up, and it's just going down slower and slower, and like he, he, he's sort of we, he's going he's just like uneasy on his feet and he burps but he still for whatever reason he keeps going and, and then it happens and <laughs> the kid lurches forward and he barfs all over the table and it hits it hits the table and splatters into the row of people behind us oh. or, or not behind us in front of us in front of him yeah and the girl next to him takes one look at him, and she starts to throw up. She puts her hand yep. over her mouth, and she goes running off. And while this is happening, I know, like, it's fully in my mind that Harris is on, is there right. at the game. And I've never met Harris before. I don't know who he is. And I'm thinking, all I could go through my head is like, oh, God. Like, well, there goes our chance at a new owner. And <laughs> <laughs> and that's it, what sold him. And I I don't, I don't know if he remembers it or not, but I do, I distinctly remember, like we got the kid cleaned up and (laughs) it was just a terrible, awful, oh, thing. And I just, I spent the rest of my day just dejected like, oh God, uh, this is it. We're, we're over. And, uh, that wasn't the case. Sure enough, uh, three months later or three, not three months, a month later, we, uh, get a call from Phil and says well we've been bought and uh and and it's Harris who's the owner and that's actually another another story that I I have that uh was sort of embarrassing is that we're we're getting sold so I I was looking for jobs and my wife was working for a strong investments um and if you know for those who aren't familiar Strong was going uh, was owned by a guy named Dick Strong, and uh, he was being under investigation by the SEC. And he basically had said, "You you got to sell the company." And we did. We thought we're both going to lose our jobs. You know, Strong gets uh, bought by by someone besides Wells Fargo, and they're likely to just move everyone out, and we're 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 done. So I'm applying for other jobs, and one of the places I apply is at the Brewers, under with John Greenberg. He's the media relations director, and they have someone leaving, so of course I sent my resume there and Woj put in a good word for me. And the day Harris is coming for his introductory press conference, which I got to run, uh, there's John Greenberg. I was like, Oh, Hey John. Like I just thought he was along to lend moral support for Harris and maybe be a media advisor for him. And he reaches out his hand to me. He's like, yep, I'm your new president. And there it was again, like, Oh God, here we go. I just applied. Like he knows I applied for a job with him. Like I'm, I'm done. Uh, Luckily, he understood the circumstances, he kept me on, and here we are, you know, I think six, 16 or 15 years later, uh, John's still here, I'm still here, Woj and Bitter are still here, and Phil had retired, so it's, and it was just crazy, the, the years, you know, Fran Croak was uh, in charge of Jane Pettit's estate, and he was a nice enough man, but he, he wasn't in the office every day. Whenever yeah. he came in the office, he just went back to Phil's, uh, Phil's office and never said hello, you know, or maybe hello, but that was it. Right. And uh, we never had anyone who really
0: cared. I was gonna say he was doing his best to protect the money.
1: He was in charge of the estate. And that's what that's the best he was in charge, the the most important thing. And in the long run, he was looking out for the admirals. Like I think I truly believe like, you know, when we were getting our insurance canceled, he would still advocate on the admiral's behalf to to Mrs. Pettit's estate to the, you know, the people who were he was he was in charge of the money, but it wasn't his money. Right. Uh, so I, I think he advocated for us, but he was, you know, he, he. so then Harris buys the team and it's finally someone who like cares about you. Like, Hey, how's your family doing? And right. like, we were ready to run through a brick wall for him. And I was just going to ask you how, how immediate was the, was the change? Well, we lost in the most gut wrenching fashion in game seven of a playoff series you could ever imagine. Yeah. And uh, so we're all really dejected. It's emotionally spending to lose a series like the way we lost it. And Harris comes in, that was probably on a Saturday or Friday night and Harris comes to the office on Monday. All right, boys, you know, let's go, let's get ready for that next year. And we're all like, what? Like give us a, give us a day here. Uh, But it was just there was a sense of optimism of knowing that we weren't gonna like this wasn't going away we're still still, yeah yeah yeah, like we're we're going after this and we're gonna do fun things and he's always said like we're gonna be minor league and 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 we were you know we had the his first thing was like we're doing we're giving out jockstraps because we're doing admiral supporter night just like in the movie greece if you can't be an athlete be an athletic supporter. And, and we did. And uh, like, I still, I just, I remember some of those early meetings about coming up with the most ridiculous promotions you could ever imagine. Uh, and not that we didn't, hadn't done ridiculous promotions before, um, but I wasn't around for those. And so to, and to have someone who was like, okay, yeah, we can fund this. We didn't have to go groveling to anybody. Like we're going to have a marketing budget and we're going to have a budget for everything else. It was just so much so much better it was like it was fantastic and do you can you
0: remember because i people ask me all the time if i remember certain things and i tell them when i'm calling a game by and large it's like a ticker tape right it just shoots through right it goes from the left temple through the right temple and that paper just keeps going and there's there's really no record except for what landed on that tape that's now on the floor right um it, it, it's not stored up here for the most
1: part sure do, do you have that same thing uh sometimes uh i rem, i'll remember you know you know who was phenomenal at recall and most coaches are but uh lane lambert used to we would he he would he would remember the most minute details from yeah. games yeah. years ago uh and i was really i was always very impressed with his recall not just about like oh yeah scored top shelf From you know the top of the circle, but he would recall how the play started. Right, right, right. Like the whole sequence. I set a pick
0: on this guy and whatever. Yeah. Right,
1: right, Uh, and no, but you're right. I think most lane Lane is exceptional, but most coaches do that. They remember that, and some things I remember, some things I think I remember, and then I actually watch the play, and it's like, oh no, that's that's actually not not what it was at all. It's sort of how our mind constructs it, I guess. Yep. Um, I. Uh, and the longer I go, you know, the big goals you remember and the big fights you remember. Um, and some, you know, it's amazing what you remember just because something clicked, right? Like, Oh, well there, there we go. Like, um, uh, I remember really well when, uh, Mike Leambus fought, uh, who was the, Oh God. Uh, the uh, big NHL, uh, bruiser, um, it's it fought him at center ice. Uh, and he's the one that he kind of, well, I can't remember now. i told, I told you I remembered it, but Steve, um, uh, McIntyre, uh, Mc, Steve McIntyre, Steve McIntyre. All I can think it was Ryan McIntyre, but that's a kid I went to grade school with, uh, Steve McIntyre. And I remember that fight so Shout distinctly. What's that? Shout out to Ryan McIntyre. <laughs> yeah. Right. If you're listening Ryan, uh, I just remember Lee eyes being uh, from where I was on the, press tables i remember his eyes being so big circling this this renowned nhl tough guy and like i I wasn't i don't want to say i was scared for liambus because i knew he was going to hold his own but like i didn't want him to get embarrassed out there yeah which which one punch from from steve mcintyre has embarrassed a lot of guys before and mike acquitted himself fine and he told a great story to us about how that fight came about and how he was you know, he was nervous about it. And, uh, uh, and it's, it's those types of things oftentimes where you just remember something, uh, not because it was a big goal, but it, because something, you know, just ticked in your memory about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I'm mostly, mostly goals, but then it needs to be reinforced by watching the video. Right. I, you know, so many that, you know, the Robert Dietrich one I always refer to uh, and everybody does and um, goals like that, the, the, the Spinarama Cal O'Reilly thing. And the, you know, the, but yeah. those are again, all reinforced by, um, by replays. I remember, I remember one time sitting in, um, in Grand Rapids and they used to have a media meal uh, downstairs, but near the locker room. And, uh, the night before it was back to back. It was a weird, it wasn't the playoffs, but it it was a back to back in Grand Rapids, which was really strange. Right. Uh, that we would be there like that. And maybe we were at, no, we were both in the, both of them were in Grand Rapids. And the one night uh, Kelsey Wilson fought uh, Justin Abdulkader, or he hit Justin Abdulkader and hurt him. Right. And, uh, and Kurt Frazier wanted retribution. Right. He was the head coach and Ford Radler's coach
1: also, obviously. Yeah.
0: I remember sitting in the uh media room in Grand Rapids and Kurt talking out loud to I don't think anybody really in particular, although he was standing next to an off ice official, <laughs> uh saying how that punk took out a guy who's gonna play in the NHL for ten years, he's gonna get his tonight. <laughs> And the very first shift, sure enough, um, that's what happened. I think it was Aaron Downey. Was it? Uh, I, I mean, think so. Well, I mean, that would make sense. Like, he and T-Bird had some tilts too, but I think it was Aaron Downey. And uh, very first shift, puck drops, slap of the puck on the
1: ice, and, and fraction of a second
0: later, Aaron Downey's gloves are on the ice.
1: You know, I assume that Lane was our coach. It's interesting, and Lane's is sort of old school like that, that he'd put Kelsey out there to start the game. Yeah. Like almost as a, you know, like, hey, they he, get it he, over he,
0: with and get, then move on. kind and of let's, thing. And
1: let's move on. Yeah, absolutely. I don't remember. I don't remember that, but I can certainly see that happening because frazier's is an old, he's an old school guy too. Yeah. Right. People, yeah. even people who don't know who Kurt Frazier is because they haven't followed the admirals that long, know who he is because he's the one on the video that throws all the sticks on the ice yeah. uh, in the middle of the game. Yeah. uh, that are, that are chucking there. And I remember very clearly when he came back as coach at Grand Rapids being like, Oh man, can't wait to show that video. Like, uh, you know, three or four times, uh, yeah. uh on the video board. He's such
0: a good dude. Like, like he was so intense too, but, um, and, and still is, but, uh, he's going through that lawsuit too. You saw that in China. He was coaching that team in China last year. Yeah. Was I, to I come back this season and he got dumped and, uh, so yeah, there's some there's some bad bad stuff going on with uh, with him and a uh, couple of the assistants. Steve Casper, longtime NHLer. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's it's some bad stuff. But I think you get used to that when you're dealing with KHL type of teams. It's yeah. Just. It's I- just- the, the, the contracts aren't necessarily honored in the best, most honorable way. <laughs> no,
1: I remember even before the KHL was the KHL, it, when it was the, uh, uh, the Russian Hockey Russian League, Hockey League uh, I think Greg, I'm pretty sure it was Greg Claussen went over there. And uh, in between, so he played for the Admirals for a number of years. And then he went over for a year in 0405, the lockout year. Uh, no, he was in Swe- He was in uh, uh, he was in Sweden that year. So maybe it wasn't it wasn't Klassen, but someone had gone over and came back from the Russian league and had said like, we got paid in sacks of money. Like yeah. we can't we would it wasn't there was there no would be bags of money after the game waiting for them. Right, the there was no direct deposit. It was just a it it was literally like what you would what you could only think of in the in a Robert Clancy novel. <laughs> Tom. Right? T- yeah. Robert. Yeah. That's, I'm, I'm no good with first names, uh, uh yeah. today, but, uh, yeah. But sacks of money in a bag. Uh, so, uh, I got a couple of stories. I've been talking the whole time and I apologize that you sit here right. and listen, I'm going to tell a couple of stories from my time here. Uh, we, the first one, uh, is a band that I loved, Uh, growing up and I was so pumped that they would be here sticks and this was at the Bradley center. We've had them here, I think three years. And every time they've drawn extraordinarily well and sticks is playing. And when we would have a concert, one of my jobs after a game, well, one of my jobs after a game is just to do our, our media interviews. And we don't have a, a huge, you know, it's not like we have about six TV cameras and a bunch of beat writers. We got four. We had back then we had four or five people and If we had a concert, I was, I I needed to move the media scrum to outside the front of the Admiral's locker room instead of the back of the Admiral's locker room, which was connected. uh, For those of you who remember tours through the Bradley Center locker room, it was connected through a back hallway, which is they, they called it the star quad. And yeah, that's what they would have. uh, That's where they would put performers. And so I would always move them. So we wouldn't uh, disrupt them. And well, that day I forgot. And... um, we, so we go back there and, uh, and everything's back there and there's there, I don't know why, how the guys got, how the media gotten back there. And I had an intern who was doing some writing for us. His name was Peter Shannon and Peter was a nice kid. Uh, he was very loud though. And I'm not trying to throw Peter under the bus, but he's talking and the other guys are talking and I come up there and I was like, oh gosh, I forgot. We're not supposed to be up here. Well, the next thing you know, I turn around and there's Tom, Tommy Shaw the lead singer of sticks. Also one of the members of damn Yankees from, uh, which I was also a big fan of uh, growing up and he introduces himself and he says to me, Hey, who's in charge out here or something like that. And I was like, Yeah, that. That's me. He's like, listen, I'm Tom Shaw. And <laughs> I'd never heard to himself. I had never heard to him referred to as Tom Shaw. Yeah, he's and was always, always
0: in a business environment now. Yeah. Right.
1: And, and, and I can feel like the beads of sweat on my forehead starting to to go. And he's like, "I'm supposed to, uh, like, what are these people doing back here? I'm supposed to be in performance ro- mode right now, but right now I'm in pissed off mode." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this is not good." And 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 the ridiculous thing though is that we see him on stage, and in his and what he's wearing on stage, you don't think twice about. But what he's wearing off stage, <laughs> it was just it was ridiculous. So I'm having these thoughts in my head, like this guy's yelling at me. But I'm having like this out of body experience because I want to laugh because he's got like these, basically sort of like, bandex n- and coffee shirt kind like, of thing. Like, yeah, yeah like leggings, j- man, leggings, j- man, bandex. Lag- yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, but they bell out at the bottom, and his and his shirt's unbuttoned to his navel, and like, I'm, I'm, I, I, and I'm like, oh boy, this is like, you got don't laugh. And you he wants keep, to
0: talk to the manager.
1: Yeah, and he's like, what, what the hell's going on? And. And I'm like, I'm really sorry. I'm going to get these guys out of here. And he's like, you know what? I got, I got four other guys in there, and I'm ready to take to tell them we're not performing. We're done. We're we're taking our money. We're giving our money back, and we go out of there. And it was actually at that moment that I sort of realized, eh, I don't think those other four guys in there are going to be too happy <laughs> yeah. about, uh, losing the uh, about
0: losing a paycheck. About
1: losing a paycheck. And I and I apologized, and I was sincerely sorry. And there, finally, his manager came and sort of helped calm him down around. And I just, you know, apologize 50 times over. Uh, and uh, they went on the, the show went on. We didn't get uh, the, the performance wasn't spoiled, but I I'll never forget uh, Tom Shaw yelling at me because they, <laughs> because the media uh, and Dave Baylor will remember this too. He was back there. I can't remember. There was, I think four people. I can't remember who the other ones were, uh, but they'll remember. Uh, my the, the infamous run with uh tommy shaw and, but he's been back two times since then so he didn't hold yeah, any, everything's uh, cool everything's cool we're cool i and i ran into him the last time uh and i didn't say anything but uh i was really excited when they pay, played mr roboto i will tell you that because yeah. that first time i first time i had known that they had played mr roboto to a public audience and you know ever years yeah. yeah since uh since dennis DeYoung young had uh, had left um, yep. so that's my, that's my story with, with Tom Shaw.
0: You said, I don't have anything like that. You said you had another one. What else do you got?
1: Oh, I got a bunch more. I mean, I could talk all day. Uh, I'll, I'll give a couple, um, that, uh, you know, we don't need to make this podcast three hours long. Right. We, we had a guy, uh, play for us. <clears throat> the first year I took over the job, Brian Manthe had been the, uh, had the announcer and the, and the, and the PR person in, He had left, and Trish Rebeck, who had been his assistant, left. So I was taking over all the PR responsibilities, and we had a player. This was training camp, and a guy named Jonas Anderson, a Swedish guy uh, who – real good player, but he was always injured. um, And he was sort of what we would call a tweener. He played – he was very – he was an NHL guy, had NHL talent, but just uh, was injured or couldn't get it back to put it all put together. And he was hurt one training camp. And his, so, and he comes back into the locker room, you know, where the guys are on the ice and he's done it with his workout. And he says, Oh yeah, my car is, uh, my battery's dead. I was like, okay, well, I got some jumper cables. I'll, I'll bring them over. All right, great. So I back my car up. I take out the jumper cables. I hand him the one in. I say, Hey, you know what you're doing here? He's like, Oh yeah, no problem. And, uh, I said, okay, so I put mine on, uh, uh how they go on my car. Well, he reverses his and, um, and so the next thing you know, there's just sparks just flying, like just a tremendous flow of sparks flying from his engine. And uh, I'm like, I, I, all I can think is like, oh god, this guy's car's gonna blow up. It's gonna hit oh, yeah. the right. It's gonna get the glass, the gas tank, and we're dead. Uh, I don't know a lot about cars, so you know, go easy me <laughs> here. I do know that the gas tank isn't in front, isn't in the front, uh, that it is in the back. But that still didn't stop me from uh, being a little nervous and so Jonas, he sees it also so he goes to grab the clip off of the off the engine well that thing had gotten so hot it had melted the like the it had melted the plastic on the grips on it yeah Yeah. completely melted them and he grabs it and he burns the heck out of his hand luckily if i i'd have been a wimp and i would have let go he didn't he held on he pinched it and and pulled it off and uh uh so luckily the spark stopped, but his hand was burnt. And he had to go back into Doug. Thank God he was injured. Otherwise he'd have missed practice. <laughs> and I'd had to have explained to our coach to to uh to Claude at the time. Uh I'd had to explain to him, like, hey, uh yeah, Jonas uh sorry, uh that's that's my fault. He's he's a no-go for practice because he burnt his hand trying to jump start a car.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If he'd had a Volvo or something, it would have
1: been fun. Oh yeah, absolutely. We wouldn't know
0: how to do that.
1: I don't remember what kind of car he had. That's a good question. That's a good question.
0: Just trying to think of Swedish stuff,
1: right? Yeah. Right. If he, uh, uh, then yeah, I don't know. I can't name any Swedish cars. Is Volvo a Swedish car? It is. I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who knows anymore? Yeah. I don't know. It's a good question. Uh, and I, you know, like, uh, there's just so many memories from the f- good memories that we've talked about in this program. The, that Robert Dietrich goal, uh, that comes to mind, uh, Tony herkus's goal against Chicago in in, in the second game of the, uh, the playoffs against them. Um, you know, the Kelsey Wilson, did I just say Kelsey Wilson already? Kelsey yeah, Wilson's not. goal to, to, to send it to overtime. The, the Mark Van Gilder goal, that's one of my favorite. Uh, I one of the things not that I'm most proud of, but uh, th- that I was happiest with the turnout is we did those bottle openers with your voice on it, and this was the year a couple of years after Mark had scored that goal to uh, to to beat uh, Texas in the first round of the playoffs, and we got you to say. And now enjoy that beverage. And I was so proud, so pleased with myself. How smooth that sounded! It sounded to me like it was all like, hey, you know, like that was actually your call of the goal because you know, hey, we yeah. won the series. So now go enjoy that beverage. I was very pleased with how that turned out.
0: Our neighbors, our neighbors just moved, and right before they left, we had a little toast. Uh, literally, just moved like a week ago, and we had a little toast. And I brought out that bottle opener. And their 14 month old kid took it and I, and it's gone. I don't have one anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. It's gone. It's at their house. I'm assuming at their new house, but. uh, Where do they,
1: where do they live? I, well, we'll find out. Yeah. I'd (laughs) go over there and uh, and get that thing back. I I don't know where any of those are either. Uh,
0: I took a lot of them when I got married, as a matter of fact, they became wedding, they became wedding, like, People, everybody who was at the wedding got to Got to take one.
1: Well, I was at your wedding, which happens yep. to be the same day as my wedding. Yeah. Uh, just a couple of years difference. Yeah. And uh, I, d- I don't remember that. I do remember we got those in, and i I, if we gave away five thousand or whatever, I bet there was five hundred of those, ten percent that had defaulted. Default. Yeah. Batteries were def. Uh, faulty. Were defective. Yeah, they yeah. were. It, it,
0: it sounded like seriously like if if you would imagine what the gates of hell sound like, <laughs> uh, you we would we would sit there and you could flick that thing and it would it would say it would be my voice screaming and and, and now enjoy that beverage, and if you played like four or five of them at the same time of the defective ones, it was it was like listening to a record backwards. I
1: was just gonna say that's what we Rob, always Rob. yeah.
0: We were, all, we were all, it was, it was, it was pretty cool.
1: Yeah. It was pretty neat actually. And
0: now enjoy that. Memory. Like I said, if you play five or six of them at the same, at the same time simultaneously, it would, uh, it would be kind of freaky. Yeah. Like it would be, if, if you were watching Poltergeist, that's what would have happened when, <laughs> when the, the little girl was sucked into the TV. That's, yeah. the, that's the noise you would have heard. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It was, it was pretty freaky. But I got uh, you had mentioned this before, uh, but let's let's play a, a, a little game. What were you calling this game here?
1: I was. I think I just called it "Guess the Admiral."
0: Guess the Admiral.
1: Guess okay. the Admiral. Yep.
0: 2014, Pecorino comes back on a March weekend, Saturday and Sunday, March 1st, March 2nd, to play a couple of rehab games. This is after. I 8:00. think it was
1: February 28th, March. Uh... I think it was Feb 28, March 2nd. Okay. Uh, So Saturday was off? I think Saturday, I don't know if uh, it was off, but uh, it must have been off. So anyway,
0: uh, Pekka comes back. He'd had that hip problem, and then the surgery went bad, and he had an infection. So he finally comes back in March of that year um, after the Olympics. Um, In his second game, that Sunday game, the Admirals win in overtime two to one. Oh yeah. Who scored both goals for the Admirals?
1: The, it was the, I I could never forget that. Cause after that game, our owner Harris started calling me Charles Olivier all the time. There you go. Cause it was Charles Olivier Roussel. And, uh, I how, do, how many goals did he have that season? Three, four. That, was,
0: four, that was, that was two. And that was number two and three that season.
1: Yeah. And, uh, uh, against Rochester, if I'm including not including the
0: overtime winner at 128. Yeah. But how about this? And I didn't realize this, or I didn't remember this. He scored at 1013 of the third, and then Jamie Tartav scored on the ensuing faceoff seven seconds later.
1: Really, seven seconds yes. and
0: Jamie Tartoff Really. 1013 and 1020 were the were the goals in the third period. So I don't remember that at well, all. Yeah, I didn't remember that that way. I yeah. probably could have told you. Maybe they, I remember they had a guy named Luke Adam play for Rochester. Sure. And it, and he hit the post in overtime. I believe it was Luke Adam who hit the post in overtime, and Roussel picked up the puck and he scored. Yeah. And he uh, went. He went the rest of the way. He was like Bobby Orr. He was Gordy Roberts. He was this rushing defenseman <laughs> up ice. And,
1: uh, that that sort of reminds me of. Uh, that reminds me of the game. There was not a lot of memorable things from 2014 15, that's for sure. But right. one of the memorable things uh, was Victor Stahlberg scoring a hat trick and with in, including uh, uh, one uh, the goal with 0.6 seconds left and then uh, scoring in overtime right away uh, to win it. I think he went coast to coast as well, if I'm yeah, not he mistaken did. Yeah. on it. I remember that, yep. Yeah, uh, or Mike Ribeiro winning. Ribeiro. Ribeiro winning the. It didn't go coast to coast, but it was like a. It reminded me of a. It might. It me of a minor hockey game where you got one really good player, and he went, wins the draw, just pushes it forward. You know, skates around three guys, and just deeks the daylights. Uh, I can't remember who Manitoba's goalie was, but yeah, that that uh, made nat, That was national, uh, national highlight. It, it was because it was Mike Ribeiro, of course. But also because it was so remarkable. Yeah, yeah, it uh, really, it really was. Okay, so I have the HockeyDB. Uh, I have HockeyDB open to the Admirals roster, and I'm going to come up to a player, and you've got to guess this player. Okay. Uh, and I, I have not picked this guy out. Uh, I'm just scrolling up and down, and I'll land on a player that has been here since you got here in fifteen sixteen or fifteen okay. sixteen oh five oh six. So uh, okay. Oh, here we go. All right. This guy played for the Admirals in – only played six games with the Admirals. Um, any guesses yet? <laughs> you should – we should do – I can name this player. It should be like yeah. name that tune. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I can name this player in six in six uh, clues. No, played only played six games for the Admirals. It was in 2012-2013. Okay. Uh, he was a trade deadline acquisition. Okay, very a uh, very uh, a good offensive player, and thirteen. Yep, yeah, twelve, thirteen, and I believe he was on an AHL deal, but we had picked him up from San Antonio. Oh, I'm. He only played six. Only six games. Uh, Six games. And then the playoffs, which we lost. Former first-round pick. Former first-round pick of of, uh, Boston Boston Bruins. Bruins. Yep, absolutely. Zach Zach Hamill. Zach Hamill is correct. Zach Hamill is correct. I would have guessed he played way more than six games. I would have as well. I don't remember being injured at all. And then the next year he went to – And overseas. uh, Well, he played for Utica for a little while. And I don't know – oftentimes the guys – you don't know whether a guy – goes overseas first or second right 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 right, right. yeah yeah but he played for Utica for 21 games and uh, and that was the end of his North American career but he uh, I remember getting him and thinking oh this is this is good like this guy is a legit scorer he was also uh, I don't know what he's listed at 511 he was probably wasn't 511 on his skates if I'm not mistaken Uh, all right you got another one for me or would you like to go again Go ahead if you got one prepared. Go ahead. All right, I'm going to scroll up and down a little bit. The tension's killing me, people.
0: Uh, <laughs> this is
1: great. Uh, playing, playing great along. Great theater. <clears throat> uh okay. Here's a here's another guy. Sorry, this is totally random. You know, I, I this is a guy who uh only played 13 games for the Admirals, but had a hat trick. Had a hat trick in one of those games.
0: Yep uh it's um
1: nicholas corbet nicholas corbet yeah nicely done yep. that's very good he's a good dude played yeah he was rockford. played a lot in rockford yep. yeah good, and good player and i remember you call he he's only here for 13 games but he was there for the uh celebrity serve and you and uh, you uh, and i remember saying like and he had just scored the hat trick i think to beat houston uh that's right I believe that's And what I, mean. yeah, I remember you introducing him and in as, hey, Mr. Hattrick here or something along those lines. Uh, but he was a good guy. I really I, – I enjoyed him. Yeah.
0: Your first year with the team was 2000-2001. Who led the team in scoring?
1: Oh, gosh. Uh, it, um, was it uh, – oh, uh, Billy Pelton. There you go, 60 yeah. points. Billy 60. Peltonen. yeah, he was – and he didn't come till. How many games did he play? He probably only played 60 games, 50 games. That could be. Yeah, I don't have him in front of me right now. Yeah, he, uh, Billy Peltonen and Randy Robotai played on that team also. Robotai was only here for, I don't know how long, but he was so good. He was so dominant. Yeah. Uh, and then, but we lost to, uh, Chicago in the first round of the playoffs that year. That was. This player played 26 games for the Admirals.
0: Uh, before playing for two other teams in the same season, he came over and, and was actually on the ice when the Admirals beat Wilkes-Barre Scranton in '04 for the Calder Cup championship. He was on the ice for that game. He
1: played. He played oh, 20- for the that's uh, Shane Endicott. Shane Endicott. There you yeah, go. Shane Endicott. Three points yeah. in 26 games. Yeah. Yeah. Shane Endicott, uh, was supposed to buy bagels for the team one year. Claude, uh, used to that in 06, 07 Claude would, uh, every guy has to do his bio and get yes. up in front of the team and talk about it. And I thought that was awesome. Uh, and on that day, he, that guy was supposed to bring in, you know, donuts or whatever, and he forgot. So Shane Endicott sent me to a bagel place with his credit card to buy, um, the bagels for everybody. And I I got the receipt and I had to sign it and I had a, a moment of panic like oh my gosh what do I how do I sign this and so I uh, I signed Shane Endicott's name I committed fraud hopefully there's no statute <laughs> of limitations uh, on that yeah I hope uh, so yeah you know who also was on that Wilkesbury team uh, who is now affiliated with the Admirals is Rob Skidari yeah he was a defenseman just starting his career and he. Now is the development, uh, the defensive development coach for the Predators. Uh, I don't know how many NHL games Scud's played. He played. I bet he played a thousand games in the NHL. He's close. Yeah, yeah. Wow. He played. Uh, he just retired a couple of seasons ago. Yeah. Um,
0: but yeah, he's in that neighborhood. Rob Scuderi played seven
1: hundred eighty-three. Okay, seven eighty-three, and has at least one cup. Maybe does he have two two uh, cups? That's a good question. Yeah. With LA, so he probably would have had two with two because he won one with uh well, but he uh he didn't win one with Pittsburgh in uh oh eight oh nine. Is well, that he would have been there in Pittsburgh too? Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right.
0: So yeah, uh, I'd yeah, geez, so good for Scuds. Uh, ah, he would not have had two in LA, one he, in LA,
1: he was only there for the first one in 12. Yeah, yeah, got yeah, back to Pittsburgh
0: in 14. So yeah,
1: all right, uh. I also I also very remember, distinctly remember that uh, Grand or Wilkesbury had a, their their starting goalie was not Mark Andre Mark Andre Fleury who was the nope. just highly highly touted prospect it was a guy named Andy kid named Andy Kyoto yep. and uh, we we ran Kyoto that in game four I think he started. Uh, whether he started or not, Flurry was in the game, and then the fans started chanting with about five minutes to go. When it was clear we were going to win, they started chanting "Andy, Andy." And if, not, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the the coach for uh, for Wilkesbury, Michelle Therian, who who is a former admiral, uh, put Kyoto back in uh, with a minute to go to uh, huh. to give the his respect to the fans. I'll take a, I'll take a look at that uh, after we're done here. Uh, and if not, I if I'm wrong, I'm going to delete this out of the podcast because we always tape these. <laughs> That's fine. Because uh, gosh forbid, I would be, I'd be, I'd be wrong on it. That uh, is just fine. All right, hold on. I got, I got, I got another one here for you. Closing my eyes or just looking away, and we come up to the random name right here. Okay, geez, we're uh, all these guys have played very few games. Uh, this guy uh, played 35 games. A okay. finished Finnish defenseman. Uh, shared a name with an with uh, another guy. I don't know if he's still playing in the NHL or not, uh, but was sort of a tweener again. Played a lot in the American League, and a, a, but it was a forward and played a lot, uh, some in the NHL as well. Yeah, uh, Miko Lettinen. Miko Lettinen is correct. I think Miko Lettinen played. Did he play in the Olympics? Uh, like our Miko Lettinen? I think he might have. I, he may have. I, he was
0: traded to Buffalo that uh, that year.
1: Yeah. Who does he traded for? Well, let's take a look here. Um, uh, it doesn't say oftentimes in hockey DB. Oh, hold on. Let's take a look. We'll figure this out. This is uh podcasting at its greatest right here, folks. Worth round pick, which became Mark Santarelli. Oh, is that right? Yes. The Santarelli brothers. Jeez. We have not a lot of, not a lot of brother duos for the admirals. The only brothers duo that has been around since I've been here, uh, The other one would have... What's that? Of length. Of length. Brad Brad Zannon. Oh, and Greg Zannon. But they never
0: played together, I don't believe. Never played together, no. Mark and Mike, I think, were the only (laughs) ones that played together. Yeah. Uh, The Capuano brothers.
1: Phil Phil and Matt Lane both were our former admirals. Phil and Matt Lane are brothers? Yes. Well, that just blew my mind. Yep. Phil and Matt Lane are brothers. Really? Phil Lane... Matt Lane was recent, but Phil Lane, that's got to be –
0: Phil was not long – Phil played in the the Panther Arena.
1: Oh, did he? Yeah,
0: a handful of games at right wing, yeah. Wow. Yeah, Yeah. former – I think he was a second-round pick.
1: Yeah, time flies when you're having fun, I guess. So, yeah.
0: Uh, One more here for you. We're going to zip around. And, uh, okay, this uh, player had two stints with the Admirals. Uh, one in the American League and one in the IHL. Um, Tony Herkus. his, his. Uh, you now check that they were both in the AHL. Excuse me. All I'm right, sorry, I said wrong. both in the AHL, but two stints, six years apart. Um, eight games the first time around, forty-six the second time around. Oh boy! His brother played in the NHL for a long time. And was a tough guy. I was going to say Zach Stortini, but then that's not true. That's not he right. had a great story of playing pinball with Wayne Gretzky and eating buffalo wings.
1: Oh, man.
0: When he was a kid. Yeah. Uh, but the his... year he was in Milwaukee, it was very cold. The first or second? The second time around. It was extremely cold. This isn't going to give you a clue at all, but... Uh, is this the year we went up to, uh, or oh, when we had the polar vortex? Yeah, must. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe. I don't. Um, <laughs> and he uh, he he told me that his landlord was complaining to him that uh, even though rent is built, or, uh, the heat and utilities are built into the rent, that he should pay more. Because it's been so cold and, and it's the, the, the boiler has had to work so hard. And he told them, that's not how it works when you sign a contract. Uh, <laughs> well, so good for him. There. Yes, indeed. Uh, I believe his season in Milwaukee in 08-09 uh, was his last season as a professional player. Oh, um, oh geez.
1: 8 9, that was a very good team. We lost in the second round.
0: Yep. Uh, he did not play in
1: the playoffs that year for the team. I don't think he was hurt
0: um oh boy trying to think what else he uh was a second round pick of the blackhawks from hamilton ontario okay oh um oh my gosh remember the canadian
1: national team in 98 99 yeah um oh man uh i can totally picture center left wing uh uh no no actually i was thinking of Brian McGratton, but McGrattan didn't play uh and i don't think McGrattan's a brother yeah he played one well after that didn't have uh two First stints First name us. is Jeff First name is Jeff Oh god spelled G-E-O-F-F. Oh Jeff Peters Jeff Peters Jeff Peters had two stints with the Admirals He played
0: uh eight games in the O two O three season it was, I... it was primarily with
1: Redding in
0: the ECHL.
1: Oh my gosh, I have no record no recollection of that of yep. the 0203. Wow. So yeah, he wow. told
0: a great story. Jeff told a great story about after a youth hockey game they were in some they, they were they were Sabres fans, I believe, and they were at the the place that you went to get wings and all of a sudden, all the Oilers came in, and it was Gretzky and Curry and Messier and McSorley and all of these guys, and they had a private room, and, and uh, they got to go in there when they were little kids, so they got yeah. to hang out with, with all these guys and play foosball and pinball and
1: whatever else. Really great, great That's story. That's a fantastic story.
0: Yeah, really great story.
1: Jeff he was Jeff Peters, he was, uh, uh, you're right, he was sort of uh, in and out of the lineup guy. This is his brother's name. Uh, Andrew. Andrew Peters, a tough guy yep. uh, played in Buffalo and uh, or at least a lot played some of his career in Buffalo. I don't know about the rest of it. Uh, and, but Jeff was such a nice guy and he was hilarious. Yeah. He was one of the, he's the guy that you never like the, every team that is successful has this guy who is a veteran, but like, who is sort of uh he, he's just, Everybody likes him. Everyone, he, yep. he, he's funny, he's self-deprecating, and uh, just a great guy. Pretty good player, too, yeah. Yeah, and was a pretty good player. Did he play in, did, did Jeff get games in the NHL? No, he never did. Never did, huh? Never did, nope. Rod Burks, who's still at uh, TMJ4 in the sports department, did an absolutely wonderful feature because Rod is from Buffalo and knew about his, and knew his brother. Huh. And and Rod that. did a wonderful story, up with about Jeff and uh, and Andrew and his brother. That was and it, like he couldn't couldn't do the story anymore because it was probably five minutes long. Sports the yeah. whole sports segment isn't five minutes anymore. No, it's ninety seconds. Yeah. Yeah. And he did the story. I bet it was five minutes long. and he got it was it was really it was excellent. And Jeff was a a well spoken player. Um, yeah. And yeah, it was, that was, that was good. That was great. Uh, there you go. Yeah. You so, got one more in you? I got one more here for you. All right. Um, it's just the, 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 the ping pong balls are bouncing around and let's see uh, which one, which one comes up. Okay. Nope. I can't do, I I came up on Jan Lasik, but he never played with, since you've been here. No, I didn't know Jan. Yeah. You know, Jan had a, some intestinal issues during the national anthem one time. That's what he's infamous for. <laughs> also, uh, uh, but played on the Latvian Olympic team, an admiral who played in the uh, Olympics.
0: How about uh, this? Who was the, and I believe this, to, this to be true. Who was the first player drafted by the predators to win a game for them as a goalie?
1: Uh, Chris Mason wasn't drafted by the predators. Mike Dunham. No, he was, he was an expansion guy. He was an expansion guy. Uh,
0: um 99 percent sure it was pekka really it took that long yeah because you had vokun who was an expansion guy you had mace you had lasik never won a game uh, finner never won a game um yeah so it was the guys who were in goal up until you know, for the first seven years of that franchise basically never been drafted more than that yeah pekka played against in '05 in 06 so the first wow. eight years of that franchise, yeah, nobody, nobody that was drafted by Nashville won a game from the
1: goalie. That's an that's an insane stat. But yeah. I mean, Val Volcun was the backbone for you know he played through over 300 games if I'm not mistaken, and Dunham,
0: you know as well. Dunham started Volcun and uh, then kind of had that year where it was Dan Ellis and Chris Mason, and then Peck right,
1: to- and that right, Dan Ellis was supposed to be here. And Pekka was supposed to be there, and that was the year Pekka hurt his shoulder, or, uh, had his shoulder injury. The year after, actually, was it the year after? after well, oh, yes. And Pekka, Pekka yeah, yeah, five or whatever in Milwaukee he played a ton of games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was his backup that year?
0: Uh, I was just uh, going to ask. Do you know who? But there were there were two. Us. There was one who started the season, and then one who finished the season as the backup. Scott Reed
1: was no. Scott Reed was oh, the year before. Oh, six oh seven. Six oh seven to start with Carl with Carl Gehring. Uh, Maxime Den, was it Maxime Daniel? There you go. He started the year. Yeah, I took Maxime Daniel to the French immersion school, and I've never felt so helpless because I had no idea what he was saying the entire. Either him or the teachers. Yeah. Like yeah. they, he got in there and he spoke he French. The whole, and yeah. And, and I had no idea what he was saying. And you want to know what? I got back out of the car after we were done, and he said to me. I had no idea what that teacher was saying the whole time she was talking to me. <laughs> That's great, <laughs> because French, uh, uh, Canadian French, and French French are a little bit different. They're different, yeah. And yeah, okay, he could pick up. You know, I think he was—he was probably exaggerating a little bit. He got some the, basically the gist of what he's saying, but he's—he said uh, he was like I, I was clueless. Uh, anyways, uh, the go who finished the year. Uh, whoever it was didn't play much because Pekka played. what did you say? Sixty-five games, uh, yeah, including a couple of three and threes, uh, which is very unusual for a goaltender. Um, I'm just I'm talking out loud because I'm buying myself he time. Lives in I Milwaukee. He lives oh, in. Oh, Dove Milwaukee. Grummet Morris. Yeah, yeah, okay. Dover. Yeah. There you go. Oh, seven, oh eight, and then uh, Dover had played in, had played in Hart. Did he go on to play in Hartford? I can't remember, or had he played in Hartford?
0: Uh, I can't, uh, yeah, I don't remember the order. He, he was San Antonio. And, yes. uh, yeah, I, I think he was in Hartford after Milwaukee. Right. Uh, cause I think, uh, cause that was fairly, so it was Manitoba to Milwaukee to,
1: yeah. Yeah. I, I, I saw one time I was at the, uh, sorry to keep prolonging this. Uh, I was at the Wisconsin athletic club and I was just running a treadmill. Like I it was sort of my daily routine and I look over and the guy next to me is like, got the machine on like as high as it'll go, 12.5 miles per hour. And he's running as fast as he can for 30 seconds. Then he's hopping off for like 10 seconds. And I'm thinking to my, and I can't get a good look at the guy. And I'm thinking to myself, dude, you're going to hurt yourself over there. Like that's not, this is not safe. And, uh, and finally the guy gets done and he comes over and, uh, and says hi to me. And it was Dover and he was doing his, uh, his off season workout. And I felt a little bit better. Like, okay, this guy's a pro athlete. He can handle uh, the exertion here, but you know the last thing we needed was to—I needed was to be running a treadmill. and Some guy, you know, gets goes flying off the back edge of it at 12 and a half miles an hour. All right, here we go. Are you ready? The last yeah. one, and uh, nope, I can't do that guy. I don't want to do that guy. I, never, I didn't like him. Not many, <laughs> not many guys I didn't like, but I didn't like this guy. Uh, oh, here's another. Here's a guy. I think the first guy that we ever had that played for the Milwaukee Admirals and the Norfolk Admirals, his name was Bill Bowler, but he was not around when you uh, were here. Uh scroll down a little bit more. And uh, no, nope, that's Andreas Johansson, only played one game on a conditioning assignment. and uh, Sorry. And played like a guy on playing one game on a conditioning assignment would play. Uh Okay. Uh, this one is uh, a pretty easy one, I think. It's fairly recent. He's a, uh, a, also a mid-season acquisition and played for the Badgers. Um, Winning his, what? Uh, nope. And is a uh, his dad played in the NHL. Uh, oh, John Ramage. Don John Ramage. Yep. Exactly. John Ramage. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, nice guy too. Real nice guy. I was yeah. a big, big John Ramage fan. Yeah, indeed, indeed. I
0: was just looking uh, real quick uh, as you look back on things. Um, Charles Olivier Roussel was a second-round pick in yep. 2009. Right. Uh, that pick was acquired from Minnesota in exchange for Merrick Zidlicki. Oh, is that right? Uh, yeah, but who? There was a player involved that came from Minnesota to Nashville. And ended up playing parts of two seasons with Milwaukee. One of the really big characters of that,
1: those teams for a couple of seasons, left wing. Boy, uh, my first thought, my first thought, yeah, geez, came from Minnesota, Roussel. Uh... Real good.
0: Left wing in the American Hockey League, and I believe he's still playing. Well, um, okay. yeah, he did as of last year or in 1819. Uh, um, probably most known for his time with Edmonton. Um, <laughs> from Ontario, he had a, an uncle that played for the Admirals. I think you may have mentioned his name.
1: He had an uncle who played for the Admirals. I mentioned his name today. I've mentioned a lot of names, unfortunately. I not think if you did or not here. Yeah. Um, boy, so he would have played for Houston as well then, huh? Uh, Yeah, not much, but yes. Played a lot with – oh, man. Left wing. Yeah. A big character, too. Geez, I usually remember the big person. Great funny- smile. Oh, yeah. I, I always remember the good smiles, too. I shouldn't say – I guess I don't always, but uh, just because on picture day, uh, it's nice to see those. Um, oh, man, I can't picture – I can't think of many guys uh, that played for uh, – no, nah, it's not Jed um, uh, Or Ort's played for Houston after us, I think, or was it before us?
0: Uh, after. After, after. Uh, um boy, I thought he had a cousin who played I might I might have thrown you off a little bit on this. Um but uh he does have a cousin who um who was a four time Stanley Cup champion. So maybe that'll throw that'll oh, make geez. It little- his cousin's a four time Stanley Cup champion. Yes. Oh, man. I thought he had a cousin and I'm pretty sure that he did, but it's, I just can't find anything right now. Um,
1: oh, well, I'm, I'm totally blanking here. This, what, what years did he play for us? Oh, eight to 10. 08 oh, so he would have been that, uh, those are two, uh, that first year, especially it's good, good team, big left wing, not Hugh Jessamine, uh, who was a, big right adjustment right. plan right side. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh man. I, I give Ryan up. Jones. Ryan, Jones. Ryan Jones. Oh yeah. Ryan Jones. Oh, so he's cousins with
0: John Tanelli. Oh, I, did, I had no, I had no idea. I didn't know that. And I could have sworn that, um, that he had another relative who played and played for the admirals.
1: I was almost certain of that. His his actually his uncle is Tom Jones. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's not true. <laughs> At least and not that I know. That's not that I'm aware. No, R- Ryan Jones. He was a good. He obviously he was a very good player for us. And he he played four games and four nights one time. Uh, played three and three for the Admirals, and then got called up. And Nashville needed him to play the next night he was another guy who uh uh played uh was sort of a tweener you know like I, I, I've,
0: uh, with the admiral. he had a, a solid run with um with Edmonton with Edmonton yeah, yeah three, sure three years or so where he was in the lineup all the time um yeah John Tinelli John Tinelli is his uh, cousin
1: Wow, I didn't know that. I should've I should you'd think the PR person would know those types of things so they can, you know, tell the story.
0: I could have sworn he had an uncle or a cousin who played for the Admirals too, but uh, I can't find something to corroborate that. So
1: Oh, that's right. And he went to Miami of Ohio too. Right.
0: Right. Uh, and Mitch did Corn. what's that? Which Corn was at Miami,
1: yeah. Uh, and Dave Randolph. Dave Randolph, right. Dave Randolph didn't know him, but uh loved Ryan Jones when he came to Milwaukee because he was a, a yeah a, a miami uh product yeah and I think Jones was on the team uh i think he might have been on one of the team uh the miami team that won the national title or he might have been on the team that that was up three to one or four to one and then in the championship game and then lost uh boy, that's a yeah. Uh, yeah, he
0: had a couple good parts of seasons with the Admirals. He had uh, four goals and an assist in 15 games the one year, but his, for that 8 09, 13 goals, nine assists, he was claimed on waivers by Edmonton. and Was he? Played uh, pretty much four solid seasons with the Oilers. With the Oilers, yeah. Is he still uh, yeah. playing? Uh, last it says here that I can find was 18-19. He was playing in the German league. So yeah. perhaps that's it.
1: Yep, perhaps. Here we go. So, there we go.
0: So I think we've really killed the uh, it bored the people like crazy here in the last. I, it,
1: if it oh. hasn't been fun for anybody else, it's been fun for me. That's right. I yeah. love, I love thinking of random players. I love looking at old box scores and not just yeah. admirals too. I like to see some of the names of uh, old uh, uh, guys. You the, recognize guys. Just you just recognize know. old opponents. Yeah. Uh, yep. I remember reading a book one time. I had, I wish I could remember the author, but they had, Two of his characters were, and I wish uh, one of the two of his characters were players on the Quad City Flames. One of them, uh, oh gosh, now I just blanked on both of them. Uh, uh,
0: Carson German.
1: Carson, no, I I was thinking David Vander Gulick. Uh, But that wasn't it. It, it, uh, um, Gosh. uh, uh, Warren
0: Warren Peters.
1: Warren Peters, yes, that is one of them. And I'll have to look and see what the other one was. And I'll, I'll, I'll after we're done here, I'm going to go online and figure out what book that was because it couldn't be coincidence. Like you don't come up with the names. Like it was two guys. It wasn't Joe. It wasn't Ryan Jones, for instance. Yeah. Or even yeah, Jeff yeah. Peters, where you could think of uh, maybe it was yeah. like two guys who you definitely uh, that this guy they had a guy
0: <laughs> they had a guy. I got to look this up here now, real quick, because. uh, they would have had a guy on those teams like Aki Seitzenden. <laughs> like that, that would be a little obvious if Aki Seitzenden was
1: there. Was there, yeah.
0: Uh, in, in this book. Um, yeah, Warren, Warren Peters was a good player. He Real was. Good.
1: good two-way player. Huh?
0: Uh, yeah. But like Chris Colano, or Oh,
1: Chris Kalanos,
0: uh, or Pro- Brandon Prost, Chris Chukko, Tim Hambly. Yeah. Eric Couture, Tim Ramholt, Cam Cunning.
1: Tim Ramholt, former Admiral.
0: Yeah, Tommy Mackey, Brett Sutter, Brett Palin, former Brett Admiral. Admiral.
1: former, who uh, fought, man. you know, if it, last week's uh, podcast.
0: Dustin Boyd.
1: Dustin Boyd. I think it was Dustin Boyd was the other one. I think that's it what really? it was. I think it was. <laughs> that's great. Um, but uh, so Brett Palin, uh, so last week Kelsey Wilson tells the story about how he fought Carter Banks and got Carter Banks' blood in his mouth. FYI, Carter Banks is still playing. He's still an active player. Played for Utica last year. I didn't know that until I looked it up after we were done. Anyways, in that game, uh, Brett Palin also fought. uh, And I think he – I don't remember who he fought, but he was a member of the Abbotsford uh, Heat. It was Abbotsford. And so he, he only played a few games for that He
0: was injured most of that year, I think. Yeah,
1: and he, that was the first game of the year. The very first – no, I don't know if it was the first game of the year. It was the home opener uh, for the Admirals.
0: For the and, Admirals, okay. For the
1: Admirals. So Abbotsford may have played the night before or something along those lines. But he had gotten in a fight in that game as well, I think. Uh, again, that, even though that was a week ago it, and I looked it up right away, it could have been, you know, much more time ago than that. Yeah. It all sort of runs together. Uh, For me, yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, well,
0: with that, we can wrap it up, huh?
1: Yeah, when we do, uh, I mean, you were hired in uh, in November, so this coming November, October twenty eighth, two thousand five. Was it October twenty eighth? October twenty eighth. The Admirals started off o three and one. Yeah.
0: Uh, Kyle passed that weekend of the twenty second, twenty
1: second, twenty third of October. We. Um. We lost to I. We had lost to Iowa, and uh, to go yep. in overtime to go to 003 and one, or maybe it was a shootout to move to 003 and one. I, and I remember very distinctly talking to Kyle. And that was uh, on a Saturday. Yep. And that Saturday, I was up visiting my in laws, and, and we're just bemoaning like, like I thought we had this good team. Are we ever going to win a game? As, as as sometimes you tend to get despondent. You know, we're as much fans as we are working for the team. And like, are we ever going to win a game? And that was my last conversation with him. And he, had, he passed away the next night. And obviously it was very quick when yeah, you were, I remember your interview. I remember asking you how, uh, uh, you know, you, you call high school, you call a college. How would you call yep. a fight? Yep, yep, yep. Uh, or I, if I didn't ask you, someone asked you. Wojo asked me that. Yeah. Wojo asked me that. Calling about a fight. That. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and so, and here we are 15 years later. It's crazy. Yeah. So it'll be your, it'll be your fifteenth anniversary. Uh, it will be. Yeah, that's sixteenth season. Yeah. Oh, so let's uh, let's book out a couple hours on that day just to uh, go down oh, memory lane oh, for yeah, you. So
0: many stories.
1: Yeah. <laughs> all right.
0: Well, that'll do it. Thank you all for listening. Charlie Larson, I'm Eric Sims. Thanks for listening to this Milwaukee Admirals podcast.